0: Hey guys, this is War Council, a uh, hobby-centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. This is uh, our November episode. Uh, Today is November the 5th, 2015. And my name is Caleb Dillon with White Metal Games. I'm Phil Corman with Brushwork Minis. And we have a special guest joining us tonight all the way from Alaska, Carlos. What's going on? Carlos is one of our previous listeners, and uh, we had put out kind of a soft ad for a while, that we were looking for a third voice on the podcast, and uh, he approached us uh, by a private message, and we were enthused to see that he was indeed a great painter, and we welcomed him to the show. Carlos, do you want to tell any of the guests about anything? Give yourself a little, like, a, I don't know, a 30-second spotlight on how you got into the hobby or something? Or
1: Yeah, I've been a gamer for a long time. Um, I... You know, in my later years, I discovered that I really enjoy the hobby and modeling side of it. And so when you guys were talking about it and you're passionate about it, I mean, that really got me fired up. You know, just I thought I could talk to some people about something that I really enjoy.
0: Do you find that when you uh, when you talk to other people about it, it kind keeps of you, keeps you energized, keeps you jazzed up?
1: Absolutely. I mean, when you talk to somebody and they're doing stuff... Uh, you know, kind of centered on what you're doing, or you look at a tutorial, or you hear somebody talk about a product maybe you've been thinking about, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's just motivation, you know? Yeah,
0: man, for sure. Cool, man. Well, we welcome you to the podcast tonight, and uh, so a couple quick uh, notes. It is now Movember, so, Philip, I see you're growing your beard out quite a bit. Oh, I am. Uh, Carlos, you're in Alaska, or I'm, I'm guessing, I always assume it's like very freaking cold there, although I'm probably pretty naive about that. Are you Movembering it up for the month?
1: No, this month I had I had a pretty nice mustache going, but I had to shave it because, you know,
0: the old lady shouldn't care for it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not, see, I was going to make a, a reference to, like, would I ever kiss a mustache, but I would, I would never have had that happen, mm. so I would never have anything <laughs> to compare that to. And um, I, I don't want to make any sort of, so we're just going to move past that, so that's all good. Um, I cannot grow facial hair. I've got too much Indian in me or so, I think. After, like, three or four months, I would be, like, the equivalent of, like, a teenager Like, going through puberty (laughs) would just look really bad. So I I have never tried. After about a week, I can't take it anymore. Um, So a couple quick updates before we get into the main show. Uh, The new painting page is live on the White Metal Games website. That's whitemetalgames.com. If you go under services and you tag down to painting, you'll see all of our most current rates, which includes our wargaming rates, our RPG rates, It also goes into um, all of our little add-ons and fun additions, and um, as I've said before, we try to be really transparent with our process here. Um, Also, additional reminder, we do have a link to the War Council page on the White Metal page. It's under podcasts, and this is uh, one of the things actually Carlos reminded me of when we first started talking, was that we have a, a note page there that has all of our different notes from all of our different podcasts. And it kind of goes through just everything. Like any link we've ever set up, anything we've ever talked about, any product we've, we've advertised, any tutorial, there's links to everything. Uh, but many people might not know that. So go to white metal games slash podcasts, and you should be able to find all of our podcasts there from the very beginning up until now, the uh, 17th podcast, which tonight's episode is all about artists we admire. And it's yeah. about uh, people that we like, painters that we like, styles that we like that are different than our own um but before we get into that we're going to jump right uh oh you know what one more final thing uh uh real quick uh philip had asked me about this and i had mentioned this kind of casually in the past uh, i had a role-playing game uh carlos are you, are you a role player
1: uh once upon a time but unfortunately they kicked me out because my t-shirt was too faded
0: Your t-shirt was too faded. Like, you're too old school or something?
1: No, my black t-shirt. You know, you gotta keep that black nice and black. It was starting to turn gray, so they kicked me out.
2: What does this mean? What does this mean?
1: mean?
2: (laughs) What, what, do you have like one t-shirt or something like it's like a gothic group or something well, <laughs> you're not dark I enough to, man <laughs>
1: i used to go to this gaming store and all the people in back they were dressed like they looked like somebody out of the matrix but if they were maybe homeless and they smelled terrible and i think they were they were role-playing like vampire type stuff oh, like a vampire I,
0: masquerade game yeah like a live action role-playing
1: yeah absolutely and to, oh. to hang out with those guys you got to keep it real black
0: Wow, I have never heard of. I mean, I've heard of LARPing, and I've seen yeah. I've seen Vampire the Masquerade played once or twice, which is fascinating. But uh, I've never heard of them kicking you out for not a dark enough T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, anyway, that being said, which we'll have to do. We'll have to talk more about that eventually. But anyway, um, I do roleplay occasionally. I have a weekly get together with with my guys, and we do a Pathfinder RPG. It's kind of a bastardization of Pathfinder and D anD. D and uh, I do an annual Halloween game every year where I sort of get the guys together. We do something kind of Halloween-themed. It's a nice opportunity to kind of stretch my DMing muscles, you know, kind of work <laughs> out the kinks a little bit. I hadn't DM'd in about a year. I actually hadn't DM'd since the last game. And I wanted to come into the game with all of these painted minis and make it a really big deal. And it was a fun game, and it was kind of a Salem-y, Massachusetts-style game where this wicked dryad had taken over this town, and she was just... She was kind of this scarecrow thing, and she was killing people off. It was a lot of fun. I am embarrassed to say I did not paint one fucking figure for that game. Not <laughs> one. I got so oh, busy God. with client commissions, which we'll go into in a minute on my painting desk, that I couldn't get anything done. And it always embarrasses me when I go into a game as a hobbyist or as a painter, and I haven't done my work. So it's like if I go into an RPG and I don't have... Like, fortunately, I, I've painted my figures, like my miniature, and I painted one of the guy in the groups, I painted his minis. But I was just, you know, I was I was glad that it was not a public forum because now if I ever go to a public event with unpainted figures, I just feel kind of embarrassed. Yeah, Um, I don't know if you guys run into that at all. Carlos, do you play uh, at your local friendly game store?
1: Uh, I've been there a couple times. I've still, I'm I'm kind of,
0: I'm just settling in here. So I've seen them play a little bit, but mostly they do Magic. They do a lot of card games up here. Okay, I think the idea of like miniature shaming is kind of fascinating to me. <laughs> like when you go into a game store like you know kind of kind of the I guess pure pressure but mm-hmm. in a bad way. Well you're
1: like you're like a mechanic, man. I mean, you yeah. ever seen a mechanic's car? It's like the worst car you've ever seen.
0: I guess that's true. I haven't thought about that cuz they're too busy working on other people's cars. Yeah. Nice. That Makes sense. Yeah. Or well, when I do finally paint, it's always like very fast. Like, I painted, like, a dinosaur, and I literally was like, black, orange blotches, teeth, done. And it was just boring <laughs> as shit. All right, let's move on to On the Painting Desk. This is the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been painting on this week. Um, so, uh, Philip, why don't you kick it off this week? What are you working on right now?
2: Sure. Uh, I think last uh, top or last two weeks ago when we had the previous talk, we were still working on the Ultramar, uh, Brotherhood of Ultramar. So I'm still working on that a little bit. Um it's a, kind of a it's not a
0: huge project. It's about 40 figures, I guess. Something like that. Yeah, I think I it's, it's between not too 30 big, and 40. It's, it's so. big enough that it takes some time.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of line working, so. But its yeah. it's coming along. Um and then I'm the, not a fan of line work I, I know you're not either. Not typically, but no. this actually didn't take too long. That's it good. wasn't too bad. But it's, uh, it's a kind of a traditionalist technique and I'm kind of a new age guy in a traditionalist world. It's, it's a GW technique. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Simple lining. That's, that's what they're all about. But uh, I'm also doing the RPG uh, commission. It's about six different figures. Um, and done to our gold standard. So this will be the first official project I think we've done at it commissioned to do a gold standard that so that'll be good it's actually kind of became a combo project
0: too because the guy who did that commissioned an ebonrath dragon which is a reaper dragon afterwards and i got to paint that because i jealously wanted to do it <laughs> and uh, he wanted it on this big display plant so it's actually really nice i haven't posted pictures yet but i think people are going to really like it
1: philip what company are those rpg managers from
2: mostly reaper it's an, yeah it's a mix yeah, but mostly, mostly they're some, from reaper there's some uh gw parts mixed in there with the yeah, customization there's a little, little kit bashing
0: yeah um and the resin base um i actually think that's from reaper too yeah. um so i mean reaper if you i mean I, i'm sure you know this but they have such a huge line like you can type in anything i could type in like girl in socks and i swear to god something will come up <laughs> like anything probably probably their uh, their their iconic figure that succubus girl bit. um but no it's great uh, carlos what are you working on at the moment anything on your painting desk Yeah, right now I'm working on a. It's just a razorback. I had it and um, I dug it up because I'm I'm,
1: right now. I'm in a painting competition with the local with the local uh, gaming group. Nice. And it's not really. It's more of a friendly competition. We're not. You know, there's no money involved. nobody's changing hands, and it's just you know, kind of to get everybody painting, get everybody motivated. My so is there any
2: prize prize at all, or
0: is it just? Is there any prize, or is it just the prize is pride? The prize is pride. Okay, that's
1: good. Oh, that's Bragging good. rights.
0: Bragging rights. Now, because so, we don't know anything about your chapter, uh, what chapter are you painting them up to? Uh, or is it a I'm, custom chapter?
1: I'm, I'm a I'm a filthy loyalist, so I've been I've been painting Smurfs for years, and unfortunately, <laughs> whenever I pull them out, they're always in different shades of blue. So someday I might have to unify.
0: Yeah, them. ultramarines are tricky, man. That yeah. that blue is is kind of very very unique, mm-hmm. like. Um, like having done a couple Ultramarine projects, I can vouch for that. It's it's trickier than it looks. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, well, uh, on my painting desk right now, I actually sometimes I have weeks where I don't get much done or I don't feel like I do, and some weeks everything comes together. And the last couple weeks, everything came together. Like the the Fungus Woods Wave Two came together. That was about two thousand points, including a Heridan four Carnifexes and 20, 30 odd jeans dealers oh so that all finished up it was like nine Lictors it was insane Post pictures for that are posted fucking everywhere I post pictures like everywhere these days I post them <laughs> on the website I post them on Facebook I post them on Flickr um i also finished up a couple squads for a wood elf army i finished up a durthu figure and uh a squad of wildwood rangers which were a total pain in the ass because mm-hmm. they have all this little orange trimmy stuff did you do all that yeah like, fuck uh, those guys you yes, <laughs> totally did that. i did that once oh was, my god it took forever it's it's not fun and i actually had to do it twice i actually had to do like i lined it once with red and then i went over with a highlight and it was it i i did not enjoy I wonder if some in, classical heavy metal style Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I mean, it's okay, it's just, I don't know, it's not my, it's not my style. But um, it, it, it was pretty much, re- the only thing I'll say for it is the cloaks were pretty boring otherwise, so we mm-hmm. needed something. Um, so that got wrapped up. I also had a small conversion project with some uh, termagants for a Tyranid player that wanted some spike rifles and strangle webs. he wanted some custom conversion work, which was fun. I hadn't done that in a couple of years, so that was actually kind of fun. Um, and then in between that I managed to cram in this little towel army which is a bronze army uh, cool. which I haven't posted pictures on yet but I did this as a trade for uh, another guy so that'll be posted up in the next couple of days so sometimes everything just kind of comes together and it's like all of that work you did in prep you know like my wife says when you, when you paint a room the hardest part is the prep mm-hmm. and I feel like that's kind of the true in painting in painting too it's kind of just everything leads up to the finishing strokes which sounds weird now that I say that out loud <sighs> Uh, Alright, we're going to take a brief (laughs) We're going to take a brief break And when we come back we'll talk about what's uh, what's Coming up, what's down the pike for news and rumors Need a model Assembled or painted but no money to spare White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins Send us pictures of your old models Bits, boxes, even new kits Make us an offer we can't refuse Don't like negotiating and haggling White Metal Games also offers Consignment services You can send us your old models, books Games to sell we sell them through our eBay store and you pocket 55% of the sales price. You don't have to worry about eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping fees. There's no crazy percentages, just easy money. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com today. All right, guys, we're back after that uh, nonsensical break. I should point out real quick that I'm going to be throwing in all of these breaks during the show, like three or four, because what I really am hoping for is some sponsors and some advertisers. And I'm trying to throw these in so that people realize how many places there are in the podcast that they could add in their own their own business. So if you're interested, contact us at warcouncil at whitemetalgames.com. The rates are real reasonable. We're going to be offering some banner space on the White Metal Games site, plus mentions during the show. I could be talking about your products right now. Um, And the only real restriction to that is probably other painters. Like, we're probably probably not going to advertise many other painters right now um, other than brushwork minis for Philip and uh, if Carlos does any professional painting. Do you ever do any commission work, Carlos? i I've been
1: putting the the message out there but I still need to work on my website. You guys have a great website, so I'm
0: hoping to pick your brain a little bit about that. But you know, it's only great after a long time. <laughs> like this is like the second or third iteration. And it started as a blog, so it takes a while to get get kind of your vision straight. But um all right, well let's jump into news and rumors. And I think the big rumor we can probably agree on right now, it's not even a rumor anymore. Mm-hmm. There's been so many released pictures, is Horace heresy. Yep. Um so, Horus Heresy, thirty k. Um, Carlos, I haven't talked to you about this yet. What is your stance on Horus Heresy? Where do you come in on this almost oh like cult like following for Horus Heresy? Definitely. I mean, that's that's iconic. So, I mean, if anybody who's been following it for any length of time, I mean, that was I don't even remember what the first book it was in. I think it was in like maybe the um, what was that? That it was the Hordes of Chaos or some book back in the old that days. Is back in the day, yeah, probably. Yeah, and I mean the art and everything was was amazing, and the the lore, which basically, I mean, GW has been trading on that for decades now, because that's really what sucked everybody in. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a prodigal son mm-hmm. story. It's kind of a, a classic betrayal story. You know, son kills his father. It's like it's iconic. It's easy to glam onto. I get it. Um, but frankly, like, well, before I say this, what do you think of the new? One? What do you think of it, Philip?
2: Um, I think as, from a story perspective, I think it's great. It's very interesting. It's got a lot of depth to it. Um, from a gaming perspective, I've never played it. Yeah. So I don't know how it runs. I hear great things about it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have mentioned this. It's, it's Marines versus Marines. Yeah. It's kind of boring in a place from play style.
1: Isn't that the selling point, though? I mean, because mm-hmm. everybody's always complaining about balance, and the, th- the nice thing about Horus Heresy is that you're basically, you're going to be across the table from the exact same army every time. That's
0: a good point, I guess. Yeah. But it does feel a little boring. Like, isn't the idea, though, that, I mean, so the models don't look so, they don't, they're not, it's not like chaos versus, I mean, it is
2: technically chaos, I guess. Yes, but it's more like civil war. They really haven't been tarnished. Yeah, by anything. that's the thing; is they're, they're not mutated. Same armor, same look. So, part. Um, so I
0: can understand why people would say that it looks a little boring. But I get Carlos's point too—that it's it's meant to kind of be an internal civil war. Um, like if you think about like I don't know the American Civil War, like they all look the
2: same except one army's in blue, one army's in red, gray. So. And I'm kind of, kind of the same idea, I, guess. I believe it's supposed to be at a much higher scale in terms of numbers, from what yeah. I understand the like a marine squad in forty k is ten people, yeah in thirty k it's twenty, so you've got great. larger squads, you've got a bigger battlefield essentially,
0: Carlos, do you play thirty k like using like the forge world rules i i've I bought one of the
1: books and I haven't up to this point but i I swore I swore in a stack of Bibles I was not <laughs> going to buy it, I was not going to buy it and then the local store was like hey 20% off and I was like oh no, no. <laughs> I had to get
2: in okay and even if you're a marine player it's still a great value you're yeah. getting 30 marines for basically the price or you're getting 30 marines 5 uh, terminators Lords. HQs plus and, a contender for the price of 3 boxes of marines Yeah. and they're all in an older style which yeah. a lot of people if you want to buy that from Forge World. Someone actually
0: did a breakdown on Bell where they mm-hmm. compared the price versus what it would cost on Forge World versus what it would cost here, and it was something absurd. It's like four times the amount. Right. It was, <laughs> it was a lot. stupid. Um, so from that sure standpoint, I think it's interesting. I wonder from a business standpoint. I mean, is this like part of like? I mean, I don't know, but is this like a GW plan? Like, does Forge World secretly despise them because they're taking money out of their pockets, or is this secretly great because it allows Forge World to now sell ancillary pieces, like additional models mm-hmm. that people need?
1: I think it's kind of like a gateway drug. It's to kind of give everybody a little taste, you know, maybe knocking off a little bit of the price and then suck them into the real, to the real, you know, main course.
0: I'm going to take the other side of this thing and say, who gives a shit about horses? (laughs) (laughs) Like, at the end of the day, it's just more fucking models people are not going to paint. Like, I go to the Mm -hmm. local game stores, they're either painted poorly or they're not painted at all. So I feel like adding more, like, I'm the worst for this. Like, I have a billion projects in my garage adding up over time. Fuck, I bought a model today, I don't have time to paint. And I just do it all the time, and I think that people are going to buy the set. It's going to be very, very, you know, it's going to be Space Hulk, I think. It's going to come out, it's going to be fun, they're going to enjoy it for a couple months, and then it's going to get shelved, it's going to be put away, and it's going to be traded on eBay like mad. Now, what I will say for it in positivity is that what an opportunity to build an entire army once that does go to the second-hand market. Like, you can grab all that stuff, you can you can re- repurpose it, but frankly, like the models are okay. But, and I don't know what I was expecting, but we've seen all this. We've seen it on Forge World's website. We've seen it over the last couple of years, slow rolling out. So it's not like this was anything new. And it's kind of like it's like a board game, right? Like there's tiles or mm-hmm. something. I keep looking at the computer like he'll, t- like he'll <laughs> see me, which is ridiculous. For people who don't know, uh, Carlos is coming to us tonight via Skype because my dumb ass could not figure out how to pipe in a phone to the soundboard. And I've been trying for a couple of <laughs> weeks now. Uh, and I keep looking over the computer as though he could see me, but it's a phone call, not a video call. I don't think he has a camera anyway. Um, it's pretty ghetto looking. We have a microphone pointed at the computer. We, we took some pictures, so... If there is a listener out there that knows a lot more about sound than I do, which would not be hard, uh, please message me at war Council at com, and we'll, we'll talk about maybe a trade or something. Um Anyway, so that's my stance on Horse Heresy. It's just more gray plastic. It is. You know, so I, I think it's interesting, but I don't know. I, I, think, it, I think it's like going to burn out real fast. That's my opinion. Well,
1: I think anybody who wanted to start and who has kind of like, you know, just buying, I don't know how much a squad is, so I'm talking out of my ass right now. But I mean, it's that's definitely a, like, it's a great place bucks. to start,
0: you know? Yeah, that's true. As a buy into the hobby, it's not a bad way to buy-in. It, it, as, a, as a starter set, it is a it is a good value, like you said. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. Um, we know it would be nice. I don't think they're going to have it in there, but if they had a short copy of the 30K rules from the
2: Forge World books, like kind of like a, a get you started guide, mm-hmm. that would be useful. Yeah. I don't know if they do. Um, yeah. well, the, the rumor, here's the rumor part of everything is that apparently it's supposed to continue beyond this. Like It's not just the starter set. So they're going to launch it a supposed... line. from from what I've heard heard
1: there's going to be a couple other boxes that are going to Mm -hmm. be coming out with just individual
0: units that's
2: cool and it'll be labeled as 30k 40k too like not all of them but some of them have been said to have that so now on the downside of this though with 30k like
0: I mean I don't know for sure but do any of the other armies they don't really there's no real representation of like like, what are orcs 10,000 years ago? I'm guessing they're about the same. They're crappy. Yeah. <laughs> they're worthless. They're, they're the same. And, like, Tyranids, I don't even know if they were discovered in 30K. Uh, Tau, I don't think, had been discovered in 30K. They weren't even born yet. Yeah. They didn't, so yeah. they're a young... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um So, is it kind of like... What's the word? Exclusionary, I guess?
1: Well, Ildar, yeah. they, they're they the one who birthed Slaanesh, right? So they had to be in the mix.
0: Yeah. So I guess you've got room there for some of the older races. Like Necrons are probably kicking around, Eldar are kicking around.
2: Yeah. I think the difference though, like, according to like the storyline, in that time period, like the Marines kicked everyone's ass. It wasn't even a competition. Right. Really? Like they were just massacring everything. So I don't even know if there's like a way to So like get no. them in. Right. To, yeah. <laughs> well in the lore I guess they kind of do like all the stories they're they're kicking everyone's ass, but like they really did destroy like they're just taking over everything. All right. Well, um,
0: interesting. I am curious to see how it develops. Um, So what else is on the rumor front? Tau, obviously, are are not really a rumor anymore. They're out. They're out in Mm -hmm. full force. They are going to get a new codex, I heard. Um, It's already out. I've actually got it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I heard it was kind of like sort of a compilation. It's got the new units in it. And although I heard that it's only recommended... Uh, someone put out a post saying that you don't have to have it but if you don't have it you have to compare rules at these, these, and these sources yeah. and it's a nightmare you're basically
2: flipping between like three different books right.
0: so the solution is just... buy the codex yeah, well hang,
1: it. hang on guys run that by me again because I did buy the 6th edition so what does that mean? I mean do I need to buy the 7th edition?
0: Yeah,
2: right. Or yeah. You, or you have so, to buy the Cayune. So
0: basically what they were saying is that you can get all the rules and supplemental sources, but you'll end up with like an encyclopedia britannica of reference material. So nice. from a practical application, yes, it's possible, but it would be very hard. It's just a pain. Oh, you got to carry three books with you now. So Holy cow. So, you know, I think the short answer here
2: is the the simple answer is just to buy the new codex. Plus it's cheaper actually, because the supplement supplement's seventy five dollars. Yeah. So you're paying Jesus. more the Ta one is just fifty. So I guess the argument is you get some other stuff at the Kyon. You get the it. white scars yeah. and you get the Blood Ravens, I think. Or yeah. Which
0: someone said those were kinda like blood mini raven. codexes in there. They're kinda like mm-hmm.
2: they're enough that you can
0: base an army on those.
2: It's good if you own all three or at least two of the three. Yeah. But if you don't, it's kinda pointless. That's your point um and I, I don't want to put this to bed quite yet
0: but i keep hearing rumors down the pike that the new uh, gargantuan figure for tyranids may be a dominatrix and i'm wicked excited about that
2: i don't even remember what a dominatrix
0: so it's kind of like a it's, it's not as big as a hierophant in fact okay. it's only slightly bigger than an exocrine so in game terms it's about the same size as a knight okay. um so for as a tyranid knight it would be perfect and what it looks like is, it, and I've, I've built enough of these over the years to be able to glamorize it, it kind of looks like a T-Rex, slap a Tyranid head on it, put a giant bio cannon on its back, and then put a Tyranid warrior piloting the cannon, basically. if huh. It was a weird symbiote organism. Uh, now, in the new version, they probably won't do anything like that, because with Tyranids now, all of your bioweapons are kind of integrated into your own physiology. So they'll probably just do something like a giant Tyranid with a cannon on its back, Kind of like, well, frankly it would kind of look like the exocrine now. so that's kind of a problem.
2: That sounds awesome, though. I mean, like, they need yeah. something that brings in, because so many armies now have a titan or, like, a knight-type the character. Forge World has
0: the, the McCarran, but it's hard to get. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's hard. To, unless you're ordering from Forge World, there's no equivalent.
2: Um, and you shouldn't have to. I mean, okay. everything, every army through War, Games Workshop, they pretty much have one, so.
0: Carlos, as you can probably tell, we're big 40K fantasy geeks. Is there any rumors out there you want to chat about that are not related to the, the GW scene?
2: No
1: rumors, but I mean, as you were talking about earlier, Caleb, um, I think we were talking about
2: the, the, what was it, the Reaper miniatures, just for anybody who wants to kind of
1: practice their airbrushing, Reaper makes an amazing Cthulhu model, and it's enormous, and it's like, I don't know, like 30 bucks, so if you wanted to do like practice your blending or whatnot just go ahead and pick up one of those huge reaper kits and it's it's tremendous i really
0: love it you know i actually that's funny and i did not i swear to god we did not rehearse this like that i just painted one of those last week
1: oh nice yeah
0: like i put it i have it on my web store as a standing item and whenever i do like i I put on the web store i say if you buy this it'll take about four to six weeks to get it and this guy in like where the fuck was he he's like in brazil or something or sweden he's in sweden um, about 30% of my, of my business is overseas. So he sent me in, he sent me in the payment and I order, what I do is I buy it off of eBay and then I paint it up and, uh, yeah, it's a great figure. I can't say enough for it. It's really nice. The only thing I don't like about it is the wings are really small. Is it the dragon thing? No, yeah, it, is, it is
1: a little, it's got kind of a little cute factor on those wings.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cthulhu is like an elder god in Cthulhu. It's um, it's based on um, they call it the oh, Cthulhu mythos, like an
2: elephant type thing, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that is that is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah oh, thanks.
0: Um, yeah. So it's oh, fuck. I can't think right now. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. That's the guy that wrote all the Cthulhu stuff. Okay. And they've done movie conglomerations over and over the years. And I actually, my wife got me a copy of his combined writings, but I tried to read it, but it is as hard to read as you would think it is. Um, it will drive you mad, frankly uh but that being said the figure is amazing i just don't love the wings um but otherwise it's great um all right well we're going to take a brief break for our sponsor and uh then we'll be right back with our main topic for the night which is artists we admire be right back after this hey guys it's caleb with war council are you a purveyor of stuff are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur Do you sell things related to tabletop gaming, painting, or some other aspect of the miniatures hobby? Would you like to advertise to like at least three listeners a show? Then you've come to the right place. World Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website, and we're like 300 likes on Facebook right now, so clearly at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For $20 a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For $10 more, you can have an entire 30-second commercial. Like this one, only, you know, better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at info for more information, and until you do, get your manis where your mouth is. Alright guys, welcome back. Um, we are, our main topic tonight is Artists We Admire, and this is kind of a break from our normal show where we try to educate you about painting technique and we thought we'd try to educate you about other painters out there so I asked um, both Carlos and Philip to come up with three artists that they liked and admired and I also picked three and I was glad to see that we um, I think Philip mentioned this that they were all very different Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part Uh, so what we're going to do is kind of give you a one minute recap of every person and provide you with a link to their website talk a little bit about their work and why we like them And we're going to kind of do it around Robin style. So I'll start out. My first artist was James Wapple of Wapelius. It's a blog. It's not a full website, really. Um, James Wapple, I've kind of mentioned him before. And his big claim to fame is he uses this thing called the shaded base coat technique, which as far as I can tell, he trademarked it. The basic idea of the technique is that you work in very fast layers and you work in very thin layers. So he effectively glazes his models to the point that he wants them to be. So he lays on his first base coat real, real fast just blocking in major colors, and then he glazes or washes the shit out of them until he finally just makes this, like, all the colors kind of fade together into a very natural-looking figure. And the other thing that he's really famous for is his bases. Like, he does a lot of marbling technique on bases, and, you know, take a flat base and he'll turn it into, like, a Roman bath-style tiled floor. It's, It's amazing. It's really great. He's got incredible freehand technique. Uh, and uh, he also has a series of videos on Cool Mini or Not called The Painting Pyramid, which is not a cult, as culty as it sounds, <laughs> but it's actually a great series of videos. They're about 20 bucks a pop, and even though I've never watched any of them, um, I would I would love to if I ever could afford it. Um, so, yeah, James Wapple, if you like kind of a water-based, almost like a watercolor painter, he's incredible on Wapelius. Uh, Carlos, who was your first artist?
1: Uh, I wanted to talk about Banshee and he's actually, he's a Spanish painter, his name is Alfondo, Alfonso Giraldez, and he's probably one of the best painters in the world right now, or at least according to Putty and Paint, and the thing that he really captures the best, I think, is his color his color theory, just the colors that he uses in, in highlights and shades, they're not your typical white and black, I mean, he he really goes in deep, and the way he thinks about just combining colors is amazing and obviously he's a very very talented painter and not only that but he's a really approachable dude so i mean if you have any questions about something he's done i've asked him uh probably at least i've contacted him on facebook three or four times and he's always very uh welcoming to any kind of input he loves to talk about his work and i mean his non-metallic metal is amazing
0: wow so you actually sent him like a message or something and he actually got back to you
1: yeah he did he's, he's talked to me several times and that's like I think one of the best things about this hobby is that you can basically talk to the you can talk to the best you can talk to the Michael Jordan of painting you couldn't <laughs> talk to Michael Jordan but you can talk to
0: Banshee that's true I didn't think about it that way but that's absolutely true like they are more accessible um, yeah and um, as a community he's got a community page on Facebook so I guess does he consider himself like a commission artist or just an artist he's kind of I
1: think when these, the, the guys who are more, they're not necessarily as prolific. They tend to teach more than they, than they do commissions. I know he does commissions. He does a lot of box art for European miniature companies. Sure. But um, he's, he's more, definitely more of a, a technique-oriented guy, so he'll probably, it's a little slower.
0: One of the things I see on his page immediately is that his, um, his uh, profile pic is like a self, I'm going to go with a self-drawn mural probably. Or just maybe it's just a picture of just some guy. but well, that that
1: that guy that he has right there, he's painted like probably I've seen at least ten or fifteen versions of that. And that's kinda like he he tries a bunch of different techniques and he shows cool. like this is how you do it with light, this is how you do it black and white, this is how you do it with colors. So yeah, that's a, a display miniature he uses. That's
0: very cool. One of the things that's great about that is that it shows like his freehand technique and just how he can he doesn't need a three D structure to do that. He can just paint on a flat two D surface and create texture. And I think that's... The better the painter, I see better painters really start to climb mm-hmm. onto that. Like, I'm not a hand artist. I can't draw, like, a, a guy. Um, you know, not really. And this just looks really good. Like, it's really well-defined.
2: Uh, okay, Philip, who was your first artist? Um, well, what you just said is kind of segue. I mean, Carol Rudick uh, is my all-time favorite, uh, has been for a while. And um, He's amazing. he is probably one of the better freehand artists out there. Um, he does a lot of like actual mirrors, murals on tapestries I just, he does entire like battle scenes just on like the side of your horse's cloak I mean oh, his yeah. stuff is is incredibly detailed um, and everything he does is just incredible, his flesh tones his lighting, his um, scenes, he does a lot of dioramas um, and he actually just released his first miniature um, it's a and actually,
1: what a miniature it is
2: yeah, it's a dra- it's an orc dragon, um, and I-, I talked to him about this actually a little bit because I was interested in buying it. So did he um, sculpt it? Yeah, he sculpted this oh, himself. Wow. He actually plans on doing every single race. So he's going to be doing a vampire one. He said he's going to be doing Bretonian, like f- pretty much like every Warhammer type race, and then probably some extras too. But. That's cool. um, so it's going to be really, to really cool. A of each one? Yeah. Wow. That's so, great. is he a
1: fantasy guy? Is like, is he big in the I fantasy so. community?
2: I don't know what he, uh, where he do, or what his role is in, outside of just his painting and things. He seems to be more just a painter. I don't know if uh-huh. he plays the game or does anything like that. But fantasy seems to be what he tends to be drawn closer to. I don't see him doing as much sci-fi like 40k type work. It's, uh, I find
0: that with like the higher end painters I feel like and I may be wrong here but I feel like they tend to glam
2: on more towards fantasy
0: like, maybe it's the
2: organic like maybe. it can be more I don't know Flu. I, I, mean, I don't know but like his stuff is beautiful yeah. and he's on putty and paint as well um, and I think he's one of the top top artists there as well so
1: nice yeah I love they have Robert a picture is yeah so he's trying, looking at it right
2: now. He's done two miniatures for the guy, the author of the Game of Thrones, yeah. and each one yeah. of them is like that. Those murals, like dragons, like painted on, like a, you know, centimeter. yeah. He's got a plutonium on, <laughs> okay. on his Facebook page right now. Yeah, it's got
0: like every panel of this horse has incredible freehand. And the sculpt is—I don't know I don't know what like <laughs> the scale on
2: that thing is, but it's I, small. Like he holds up a euro next to some of the pictures, and okay. it's like, yeah. Um,
0: but that's it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and even, like, you think that, like, at first glance, that you that the yellow on this guy's cow or the horse's robes, or whatever you call them, like, it's, there's no detail. Like, oh, he, he took it easy there. No, not no. at all. He <laughs> look there. No, he's got incredible <laughs> detail there, too. Um, all right. Well, uh, my second artist was a guy named Christopher Poole of Third Eye Nuke. Mm-hmm. And I want to take a moment to point out here that on all the commission artists I pointed out, I had to really dig to get their names. Like, I only got their names because I had emailed them separately, and in Christopher's case, he had threatened to sue me, uh, so that was how I got his full name, which is a long story, um, but basically he didn't want to be on our miniature directory as a short version of that, which is fine, um, but despite, you know, despite him probably not liking me much as a person, I actually love his work, and it's really organic looking, and what I like about his, I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> what I like about his work is that he does, I swear to God, he threatened legal action, uh, he will not be a guest on our show. <laughs> I should probably call him randomly like during the show, just to sort of like hey, you've just going? been pranked." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the coolest things that he does is he works in a lot of black and white, and seeing the, the depth mm-hmm. that he can achieve with black and white is fantastic. Like, he can do a lot with just a couple colors. Uh, but I will say that after about 30 or 40 miniatures all black and white, he gets old. Like, I like to see a little color worked in. And somebody mm. called him out on that on his Flickr page. And then his next many's were actually in, in color, um, which he seems to have a really good mastery of, like, black and white tonality, but he seems like he's still, kind of, he's still kind of working through color. Like, I don't think his color theory is as strong as he would like it to be. Uh, but the organicness of his stuff is mm-hmm. phenomenal. It just blows me away how transitions work. And
2: I'm um, curious if he does, because I've been looking at his work, and I kind of, like we use a term like reverse engineer how he paints. Yeah. And I'm curious if he goes back, like finishes a model and then goes in with the black at the end to go into the shadows. Maybe, like, but it's a
0: lot of black on some of those guys.
2: It is, yeah. which makes me think that like he he just uses black for shadowing. Maybe. Shade, um, I could be wrong.
0: And whether you love it or hate it, like it's just one of those things, like it's very, uh, what's the word when it stands out on its own? I mean, stylized? Um, yeah, stylized? Yeah, stylized. It's incredibly yeah. stylized. Like you know his work when you see Definitely. it. Definitely. Without a doubt.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, he is, he's like, the, the the thing about it is you look at it and you're like, I could do that, but except, no, you can't. And yeah. his, he's so consistent. Yeah. And the colors he uses are always, like, they're very desaturated, but then when he just throws in a little bit of red, it's just, like, explosive. Yeah, it pops
0: because, because your eye has sort of been trained to look for the black and white, and so that red comes out stronger. Um, so it's kind of like tricking your brain. It's like a focus. It's room. a really smart
2: way to sell yeah. a miniature. I, I, I mean, mean
0: and he, I don't think his commission service is doing as well. I mean, I don't know because he's, I guess what I was trying to get to earlier was that a lot of artists are really quiet. Like I fucking talk and talk. We have podcasts and like on my webpage, I, I try to put as much as myself in my blog posts and my Facebook posts. And some of these guys are just kind of like, they don't really want their personal info out there. And I don't know if I agree with that or disagree with that, but I, I see that as a trend in commission artists a mm. lot. Um, and I find it fascinating. Uh, all right, moving right on. Carlos, who was your second artist?
1: Um, my second artist is bogish. I'm going to ruin this, I don't speak Polish, Stupanicki, and he goes by Bo on Facebook, <laughs> and I've, I've been following him for a while, I first encountered him on um, a particular product, and the thing that I like about what he does is he's probably... Maybe one of the better artists at non metallic metal, you might notice a the theme. But I've been trying to do that on my own artwork for so long and when I first saw what he was doing, it's unbelievable just how how closely he can mimic the appearance of metallic metals using, you know, completely non metallic paint. And it's mind blowing. Yeah. And for sure. some of his techniques that he uses, like he he's definitely it's not, I would say, a volume type painting style, but he just the same thing with Carl Rudick. And a lot of the, I feel like, the Eastern European painters, is they just, like, they use, it's not quite pointillism, but they use the paintbrush and just do tiny little marks mm-hmm. on the miniature everywhere. And it's unbelievable the kind of effects they could achieve with that.
2: The texture, yeah. Yeah, that's really
0: great. Texture is another thing you see in a lot of. Like, I'm looking at this, he has a... He has a Kingdom Death miniature on his Facebook page. Which I love. It's fantastic. <laughs> and this cloak, which I know does not have texture, he has created incredible texture on that thing. Um, at least I don't think it does.
2: I, I've never seen that one in person, so I don't um, know.
0: But it's, it's phenomenal. Like, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing going, man, like I know he created a lot of these pockmarks and shadows that are just non-existent in reality. But yeah, you're, you're right. His His transitions are insane. Um, and I have a theory about guys like this, that th- these transitions and fades look so seamless. And I know it's all by brush. I know they're mm-hmm. not really airbrushing that, um, which makes it even more impressive. Um, okay, he's great. Um, Philip, who's your second artist?
2: Uh, second would be Angel Giraldas. So um, some of you guys may, for anyone who follows Infinity, he is the Infinity artist. Uh, he does all... I think every miniature. Um, any new miniature that comes out, he's the one that's painting it. He's There's a studio that, and he works with a team, but I think that he's the one that kind of came behind like the revamping of them. If you see some of their older models, they're not as clean, but he's really stylized uh, the Infinity Market, and he does a very, it's kind of like, it's basically non-metallic metal. It is non-metallic metal. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's but really it's, good yeah, metal. it looks gorgeous. I mean, he's... Incredible, and he's released his own.
0: It actually the style, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of the, the Stupanicki style from Bohan Arts. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, I, I should have mentioned this a second ago, but when we did the tutorial on non-metallic metal on our first podcast back, that was that guy. It was it was um, Stupanicki, That was that guy. He was the one okay. who did that tutorial. Um, but his style does remind me a lot of of Geraldes for sure.
2: Yeah, and the
1: thing I like about Angel Geraldes is that he actually he uses. Um, All those techniques, but what you don't realize is the miniature is like, I mean, unbelievably small. They
2: are tiny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: But he's got a picture of one of them like standing beside his airbrush, and it looks like it's probably on like a forty millimeter base. So that kind of fading and transition work at that scale is
2: (sighs) not something I want to (laughs) do. The infinity models are incredibly detailed, though. I will say, like, oh, he's got his name on his
0: airbrush. How did that? Yeah. Did they, like, get, I, was, I guess maybe maybe Steenbeck, like...
2: He's gotten a lot of uh, wow. sponsorship, I think, through them. So, Jeez, that's yeah, name. he's got his name on an airbrush. But he's got his own book, too. That's um, kind of like
0: the guys with their own... Like, he's like the Jordan, the night, the, the, the Air Jordans of <laughs> yep. airbrushes. The Angel Heraldo's airbrush. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, my last artist was Jero Slaw of Buy painted And I've mentioned this guy once or twice on the show before. Uh, he is a true commission artist. Like, he actually does have a commission service. He's got a really cool active YouTube channel called Buy Painted. And he did recently launch a, um, not even recently, like a year ago, he launched a, a a separate site where you can buy his video tutorials. But that being said, he releases sort of a teaser for his videos, like a shortened version on his YouTube channel. So you can watch, like, a 10- or 15-minute version of the video on YouTube. If you actually buy the video through his um, pay-per-view service, it's like, I don't know, like a 40 minute video so it's more in depth of course um one of the things i like about him is he's very clean his, his, his work is very organic um but he's just so fucking fast um like he just he just goes through stuff and i know how to paint so when i see him do it and i'm like oh my god how is he doing that that quick dude there's something in so the water clean. Poland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> this is out of there i wonder why so many good painters are Poland. that's a good point i didn't think about um, but yeah, he's great. Um, but uh, he never gives his name in the videos. I only got his name because I emailed him separately about something else. Um, but if you go to Guy Painted, the other funny thing is his voice is kind of like he cracks kind of weird jokes once in a while. So he kinda <laughs> it kind of reminds me that's a trend. That seems to be a trend in miniature painting yeah. to crack bad jokes. So uh, anyway, uh, Carlos, who's your third painter? Well, I mean
1: no introduction right now Ben comments on painting Buddha they're doing amazing things in the community mm. and you said that most miniature or not most I'm sorry I'll I'll rephrase that a lot of miniature painters or commission painters are very tight-lipped about their process These guys, these guys they've laid out they say here's how we do it this is what you can do and it's just unbelievable I mean these guys right now they're the fucking truth that's all there is to it
0: sure Painting Buddha. Didn't they have a thing recently where they were signing up on Patreon for support because they were afraid they were going to shut it down?
1: Yeah, um, they were having trouble because they they tried to release like a I think it was a multi pass system and you kind of bought in and the paintings you could or the videos you could buy subscription and download the videos or you could just be
0: an academy or i'm sorry i don't even know i mean it's a little that part is a little confusing but you it seems like they were, were trying them. to get they were trying to get the service going so that they wouldn't have to shut down payments
1: Right, right, and now that what they're doing is they, they have a Patreon service, so you can, I mean, there's a lot of ways to buy into what they're doing, and yeah. as far as I'm concerned, if you like miniature painting, you got to get on board, because what these guys are doing, I mean, they, just the a couple of videos alone watching them has already transformed my miniature painting.
0: Yeah, that's great, and you don't think about it, but a lot of the videos, I used to do YouTube tutorials a little bit. But to actually make a really good video takes a lot of work and a lot yeah. of time. Like even if it's not like even if you don't think about the fact that you have to paint in front of a camera, you have to get the lighting to a place that it'll work, you have to adjust your camera so that it'll it'll focus correctly. And then you have to paint in front of this thing which is awkward because I'm always bringing my miniatures to my face to look at them. So it's a different style of painting. And then to add all insult to injury, then someone has to take the footage and they have to edit it. Yep. So it's a lot of fucking work from beginning to end um so yeah i mean when those guys do those sorts of things you, you sort of want to support it because it's like that shit is not free they take
2: time to
0: do yeah. that you know yeah
2: and one of the things i really appreciate about their videos like i've watched one on the horse how they build um paint horse from the horse heresy yeah and they go through in depth for free and show you how to paint most of the miniature but there's certain things like I think the eagle on the like the a rubble eagle thing is in like a green marble. If you yeah. want to see that, then you can pay. It's like I think it's like a four dollar thing to support them, and you get access to all That's the nice. videos. Yeah. So you can still see how to paint at a very high level. But if you want to get those extra added bonuses, you just you know support them a little bit, which I think is awesome.
0: I uh, I, I I will be honest. I don't I don't support anybody through Patreon right now. And I think part of that is because as a business owner, I'm always sort of putting my money back into my own business. Um, I do give money to Wikipedia, ironically, because (laughs) I use that all the time. Um, But, you know, I definitely, I've seen Patreon rise a lot the last couple years with miniature painters. I think it's huge, and I do recommend anyone out there, you definitely support If you have an artist Mm -hmm. you like, just pick one. Pick one and, and like them because they may not be out there forever. They may have to go out and get a normal job if you don't. So keep that in mind um who does that bring us back to that was Ben comments right Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay so uh philip your last one
2: well the last one here is a uh, chest of colors uh by anna um, i could not I find her last name anywhere i can't either and i don't think she's the only one that does that's part of chest of colors but i think she may be the head of it um only so the female ar- they
0: were a team but they were <laughs> yeah. you know, like she's
2: on the team I think she's the head of it, though. Like, I've always gotten the impression yeah. that she's the number one artist that kind of leads it. There's one site um, out there,
0: and it might be Chest of Colors, because I've done a lot of research for conversion, and for not conversion, for pricing purposes. And one of the sites out there, and it may be Chester, has a team of painters, and when you sign up, you select your painter. Okay. Like, so if I hire Chess of Colors, I'm really hiring Anna or fucking Billy Bob or Michael mm-hmm. Shea or whoever the fuck it is. <laughs> Billy yeah, Bob. yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I couldn't find much about her other than just her pages. I think uh, she's been getting some... a
1: four hundred four when I go to their page lately. I don't know what happened to their website, but I yeah, I, well, I, really. Like you
0: post... Okay, say again. You're right. No, I, I do remember they had it down for maintenance.
2: Hmm. Well, the thing I love about her, like her, so we've talked about how certain uh, artists focus on certain colors. They she uses a lot of like highly saturated. I've noticed blues are a lot of like almost like a Maxfield Parish type thing, like there's a lot of blue in the undertones um definitely I mean she is, she's just one of those people that you can notice it's her work because she uses a lot of those like bright purples blues teals um and they're gorgeous miniatures she does yeah. a great job she that does must a, be your
1: art degree speaking Philip because I have no idea who Maxfield Parrish is
2: <laughs> Maxfield he was um one of the earlier painters I think early 19th century um or 20th century, I guess. I don't even know how it's called anymore. Um, but he would do, like, he would basically paint everything in blue base and then add the colors on top. So they all had this sort of, like, surreal um, bluish color to them. That's crazy, kind that, of like blue willow painting. Exactly, which I feel is, you know, seen in, in her work as well. So, See, especially, I like,
0: with, I like that idea, but the problem is is you have to have a really good knowledge for how paint works and its mm-hmm. opacity. Because if you put too opaque a color on top of any of that, you basically wash out your work. So you have to work very thinly, very cleanly, and just be very patient with it. Which she obviously is. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm looking at her stuff and it's great. It's, it's, yeah. Um, And, you know, you'd think, like, and I don't know, I have no idea. I can't even begin to think how long it takes to paint these figures like (laughs) this. Like, I know how fast I paint. And I know that when I'm painting something really well, it takes... Forever, and these are painted to a level that's un, just un—I can't even begin to fathom how they paint these. So I can't imagine how many figures she paints a month—like two, four, maybe.
2: Couple, yeah, yeah,
0: like tops, like. And it says she's only been painting for about eight years on her on her uh, cool and you not page, which
2: BS. I've been painting eight
0: years and I don't <laughs> paint like that.
2: Uh, like, yeah, oh there's God. there's I, something. Yeah,
0: some people. Do you think some people are more naturals?
2: definitely i mean there's definitely people who are natural i we had a discussion about this before whether or not you know anybody can paint and i'm under the impression there are definitely people who are more you know naturally gifted but if you're willing to spend the time i think you can learn right um, yeah
1: absolutely i can't draw a stick figure and i mean if you look at the first miniature i painted compared to what i'm doing now i mean i would not i would not say that it's something that you're born with you got to work at it and mm-hmm. maybe some people do have a little bit more kind of hand to eye, but there's no reason that anybody can't get into it and enjoy it.
0: Well, one thing is sure your work does definitely get better over time. There's no doubt Mm -hmm. about that. And I I think that, um, we kind of had this, I had a discussion with this other guy one time and he was a really good artist. And he said that he felt like anyone could get to any level, which I disagree with entirely. I I think that everyone kind of has a glass ceiling and, yeah. I, I, I think wow, that you're. That's cons- dark, man. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean like in life. I just mean in terms of like range. Like, I think if I spend 50, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, how, how even to port it into like a thing. Because I could say if I spend 50, 60 hours on a mini, let's say it's the same amount of time she spends on a mini, they're not going to look remotely the same. Like, even if I poured that much time into it, because what she's done is she's developed those skill sets over years and years and years and well, it's,
1: it's, it's kind of a different conversation but i mean i've read somewhere that you know there's a certain point that you get to with every process on a miniature and the artist has to know when they cannot improve anymore but at the same time i mean there's there's nothing that you can't do with enough time
0: i suppose um But I think that where that runs into the problem is like, and this kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about anyway, so we're just kind of jumping into the conversation, is what makes a good artist versus a great artist? Like, I don't think I'm bad. Um, Like, I I certainly, like, running a commission service, I oftentimes have said that I'm kind of a a painter by proxy. Like, I'm probably a little better than the average person. I'm not super better. Um, But I'm really just making myself available. You're hiring me out because you have money and I have time. And that's kind of the trade. Whereas in the case of like someone like any of these artists today, for the most part, like, well, maybe with the exception of my three artists, because most of them are kind of commission artists, uh, well, not James Waffle, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. These guys are phenomenal. Like they have incredible talent. And I don't really think they're a painter by proxy. I think they're artists. Like I don't think of myself as a miniature artist. I think of myself as a craftsman. Like I'm there to sort of, you know, put the pieces in, in the order in the right way. And my tactical sensation, tactical tactile sensation and color choices are probably better than most people's because I have an artistic inclination. But I don't look at my work and compare it to someone like Ben Comets or Angel Geraldez and even think I'm in the same league as them. Like, I'm not, I'm not even playing the same game playing,
2: really, <laughs> um, in, in my opinion. Not yeah. to be down on myself, just to be realistic. I think there's a level of creativity there that... I struggle to get to. I mean, I, I'm nowhere near. I'd love to be at the place that these artists are, like Carol Rudick, Angelo Haraldos, and all them. But I can't visually see it. Yeah. And I think that's sort of where I think some people are going to hit those limitations. Is they're not going to. They can have all the skill they want, but creativity wise, not everyone's going to be able to see that. Yeah. And well, when you see these color transitions,
0: and I think mm-hmm. Carlos, so you might have mentioned color theory or color balance, but you know, it plays a big part in the higher level painting. Mm -hmm. And even though I know the basics of color theory, these guys are are making these paints just sing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just, they're working them together in ways I would have never envisioned. Um, It's just phenomenal. It's just, like you said, I can't see that. It's like uh,
1: Salieri and Mozart,
0: right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of. Like, not to say anything against Salieri, like he was a musician, (laughs) but he wasn't Mozart, you know. And that being said, like, you know, not everybody can be like. There's a, there's not, what's the word? It's a, It's not prodigal. It's um, when you're a natural prodigy. Talent. Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, some people are just a prodigy, um, and I, I think that a couple of these people may be that way. Um, I think that people like Christopher Poole and Jaroslaw are kind of like. If I was to put it in sort of a tier, they're the next level that I want to get to. I don't want to copy their styles, but they're the level of they're the level of care that I want to achieve. Whereas someone like you know Carol Rudick or Angel Peralta or Anna. I don't personally feel like I will ever get there. Like, and I don't feel bad about that. I just don't think I, I can do it. Um, then again, probably when I started painting, I didn't think I could get here. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off, maybe I'm way off the map. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think makes a good artist into a great artist? Like, what do you think separates them, other than just the sheer basics of, like, they're a fucking good painter, <laughs> like, from being just a painter? Well,
1: like, when I started watching the first Banshee, I watched the Miniature Mentor, and this is a product, but uh, I, it's tough to find any of Banshee's tutorials, I think he does mostly only live gigs, so you either gotta buy the t-shirt or be there, but when I started watching his videos, it scared the shit out of me, because he doesn't have recipes, he doesn't say, three drops of water, one <laughs> drop of paint, he says, get the paint, make a mess, start putting it on the miniature, and then see what happens, and I'm like, what the what the fuck are you talking about,
0: man? That's Come fascinating. Come on, we have rules. Wow. <laughs> um, I think after a while, and this is kind of like, I mean, I, I'm not a martial artist. I did like Wing Chun Kung Fu for six months and got my ass kicked. <laughs> but I've heard that, uh, what was this, Bruce Lee had a, somewhere in his book, he said that eventually all the styles kind of blend together until you get this natural cohesion. And I think that with these high-level painters, that's kind of maybe what he's, well, maybe that's what he was kind of saying, was that eventually the technique kind of disappears and you're just it's a natural extension of sort of your will is that too metaphysical or just who
2: you are like what (laughs) because we talk about we've talked about like your style of painting and I think I mean these that's what separates in my opinion a, a good artist from a great artist they've found their style and they've just soared with it I mean that's fair every one of them you can see and tell okay this is an Anna's this is Anna's work or this is Ben Comet's work like these guys are very distinct um I would, also, I would also I
0: also add to that that in, in almost every high level artist I see freehand work mm-hmm. and I think that's one of those gaps that it's like you don't think about it but being able to draw with a paintbrush is kind of one of those gap separators because it draws so much attention on a model. yeah um, so it's a way to distract not that she needs not that any of these guys need distracting their models look phenomenal um,
1: yeah so that's one thing I struggle with is is definitely consistency of paint when I start freehanding. I mean, I swear to God, when I try to want to begin a freehand, it's like the, the the paintbrush just freezes. Like, all of a sudden, the paint is, like, too thick. And I'm like, how are these people able to use the same paint I'm using? But it flows off their brush, and it's like, a, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a brick on the end of mine. I don't get it. I can't get it to come off the brush. It's like they're doing stuff with the paintbrush that, I don't know, they've unlocked secrets. They've leveled up their paintbrush. Yeah, and I
0: think part of that is just, you know, and we've kind of mentioned this before on the show, is that, Tactile sensation is something you develop over time. I think they're definitely using better brushes. Like, their brushes probably run 40 50 bucks a pop. For, Windsor 7. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And then on top of that, like, they thin their paint to an incredible degree so that it's, like, um, it's just, like, you know, they're barely, they're applying pigment, but then the solvent is basically instantly dry. So, I guess what I mean by that is that it's a direct... I don't really know even how to explain it. It's just, like, they think it and then they do it, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Yeah. Whereas, like, we kind of tend to overthink it a little bit, maybe. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The other thing I sort of pointed out was that, or I sort of glommed onto when we put out the list, is that you guys both picked major artists that do, some of them do commission work, but mostly I would say they're artists first, commissioners second. Mm -hmm. Two of my guys were kind of commissioners first, artists second. And I think that goes to say that sort of like we we like what we want to emulate. Like because I want to build my business, I I kind of glammed onto commission artists. And I look at their work because I look at that as a a level that I could maybe achieve. Like I can make my commission work better. So that's what I sort of aspire to. And it's important to note that just because these guys are great artists doesn't mean that they're great business owners. Doesn't mean they're great people. They could be assholes. (laughs) Not that they are, but I think of like someone like... Yeah, you know, like uh like what was it? the the poet Robert Frost? Uh like commonly was it Robert Frost or was it the other fucker? A lot of poets are assholes, I remember. Like <laughs> they're just they're just all dickheads. And they write this very elegant prose but then in in, in life the, to by contrast they're dicks. just
2: arrogant and yeah, arrogant yeah. And
0: shitty and I will, I kind of love that because <laughs> yeah, because it goes to say that like what they can do, maybe you know, like you bring up the the Mozart debate again. Didn't people? He was comedy Yeah, he was pretty a, much a, he prick. Was a dickhead. Yeah, or at least that's, sure. that's how he's portrayed in in the movie in books um, and stuff. So I don't know. I, I guess it's interesting. So although I love their work and I think you guys have emailed a couple of these people and talked to them and I don't think...
1: well, I should say I should say uh, Banshee I mean as far as that goes I've, I've messaged him a few times on yeah. Facebook he's a super super yeah. nice dude that's really I mean I'm not sure if anybody's going to be you know bombarding him with messages yeah. but as far as I'm concerned like every time I've reached out to the guy he's responded so that's that's unbelievable I mean he seems yeah. like a really really very genuine guy
0: maybe he's actually like starved for companionship <laughs> like, because, because I paint at home all day and I get lonely, like I wonder if she gets lonely, you know? Um, no, I don't think so. And
1: also the guys
0: at, at Penny I Buddha. So right? I mean, uh, the other day I messaged uh, the, the the main man,
1: the, the the Father Buddha or whatever he calls himself. Father Buddha. And he got back to me within a few hours. So I mean, those guys too. I mean, just, that's pretty impressive. I thought you were going to say within
0: a few minutes. Like he's like, "Hey, I've been waiting all day, <laughs> like, just standing by the computer, someone, staring. Do you, you want to be my friend? Like <laughs> kind of, acknowledge me, right? Kind of." All right, well, we've been on this topic way too long, so we're going to take a brief break and then come back, and we're going to just bang through tutorial a week and product recommendations, and then we will wrap up after this. Are you a tabletop-quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commission painter before, but you weren't sure it was right for you? White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at white metal gamescom and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. Alright guys, welcome back. Um, so we try to keep our shows to an hour, so we're not going to keep you too much longer this evening, but we wanted to kind of at least hit a few high points. Um, normally we talk about a tutorial of the week, and normally it will cover basic you know suggestions for technique like if we talk about non-metallic metal we'll link to a non-metallic metal tutorial this week because these artists are just people that we admire we thought we'd sort of link just to samples of them painting samples of their work um so uh, uh carlos you had one that you wanted us to link to from bohun arts do you want to talk about yeah, that just a little bit sure that's uh that's bohun and i
1: don't know honestly i don't know the 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 um where this tutorial came from, it's by another Polish person, but the the core takeaway from this particular tutorial is, is it covers a lot of Bohun's, uh, or a couple of his core techniques, which is you got your lining and you also have glazes, and the way he uses glazes and the way he uses color is something that you can definitely learn from this tutorial, and that's probably as far as I mean it's a more time consuming process but it's excellent as far as doing
0: that. Yeah, it's very organic like like the armor like that I like Lamenter's fine but that was a great looking Lamenter. Mm-hmm. Like it it actually looks really organic. Like the guy looks dirty and yep. old and like he's been fighting Fated, for a while, yeah. just really faded. And considering like I know how big that model is, it's 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 an incredible amount of work for one figure. <laughs> Um, it's also important to note that it's a PDF tutorial, so put on your reading glasses. It's not a, a lazy tutorial; you actually have to do some do some work. But I like it because it's all laid out. You don't have to like mm-hmm. pause the video, look for the paint colors. Like he lays it all out. He, he really does a good job with it. Uh, what was your uh, tutorial this week, Philip?
2: Yeah. Um, so. Real quick, I mean, a lot of these artists seem to have their own tutorials, but most of them are in picture format, so I know Carol Rudick does quite a few, Angel Geraldes has his own book. Well, video Um, tutorials for them would be like days. Yeah. They would be
0: incredible. They would be be ridiculous. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah
2: um there was one uh, carol rudy does a demonstration it's not really a tutorial but you get to see him do a freehand banner that was pretty neat. um i thought it was good it's yeah. not nearly as detailed as some of the other ones he's done but he did this in the public audience and i think he did it maybe like in five and then at the end ten end of the minutes video, he's
0: like passing it around to people like, yeah like it's that's
2: nothing. what
1: i'm talking about that bastard uses white to do a freehand how
2: how yeah. is he doing that
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's pretty it, great
2: it almost looked like he was drawing with like the paintbrush looked stiff I don't know if you noticed that.
0: It looked pretty strong, for sure. Yeah. I was, like, it didn't have a ton of give, and I think that, and I don't know because I've experimented with a lot of brushes, but I actually like brushes that are pretty stiff with a little bit of give.
2: Yeah. We need to
1: get him to piss into a cup. That guy's on PED. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Performance in angel. <laughs> <laughs> was there another tutorial you wanted to talk about? I feel like Philip, I, feel well, like I didn't, one that you mentioned.
2: I, I just mentioned that Angel Haraldis had his book, um, Painting That's Miniatures right. A through Z. Yeah. So that was a really detailed book. How it shows you how to paint his infinity range. Um I thought it was great. I know, Carlos, you had some uh some discrepancies, I guess, with it, um, that we didn't really get to. So I don't know if you have something you want to say about that.
1: No the only the only thing I notice is he's obviously an excellent painter. We talked about the scale of um, of the subject that he's working with. Sometimes he kind of skips steps I've noticed, but then <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you can still get a lot out of the book. I own it. I think it's probably a good pickup for anybody who's into infinity or anybody who does anything with miniature painting. It's an excellent product. The only thing is is that you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know
2: yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so, you know, bottom line, these artists have their own, they have sort of stuff out there to help you. They have resources available, but you're not going to learn how to paint like them by watching it. it at best, you're going to pick up a few of their techniques mm-hmm. or maybe some of the ideas of their techniques and then use right, that as a right. launching and off point. Um, kind of on the same notion, uh, our product re- recommendations for the week, not reviews, mind you, because I have not actually watched any of these. Um, a lot of these artists have their own um, learn-to-paint DVDs, series like that. Notably, I put a link to James Wapples' Painting Pyramid. I'm also linking to the Core Technique DVD by P3. Now, this is by Privateer Press. And I like it because I feel like it's kind of their version of a how-to-paint guide. Like, GW has their book version. They have a DVD version. Um, And they haven't expanded the line. They just have the Core Technique video. But from the short little, like, they have a five-minute preview on their website. And it looks pretty good. Like, if you want to learn how to paint like Privateer Press not like the heavy metal team, but like the, the P3 guys, mm-hmm. this is a great little video. Um, hey, so, Caleb, yeah. could, you put a,
1: could you put a link to that marble painting tutorial by James Waffle?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll add that in. Um, uh, he does some, I don't even know if it's a tutorial, but I'll, I'll put the the, the, the the PDF for the, uh, the blog post, it was a blog post, where I saw it, and just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, and then there was one other product we wanted to mention this week, which is called, which is from Miniature Mentor. And I honestly don't
2: remember which one of you guys had that. I think well, that was Carlos, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, um, they have probably like twenty or thirty tutorials. Maybe that's too many, but anyhow, there's you can either buy individual videos or you can buy the service. There's three particular videos that I'd recommend. Number one is Banshee. Number two is there's a guy. So they're, kind, so they're kind of like a hub, I guess. Yeah, he's he, but the guy is uh, he's more of a scale modeler. Yeah. Um, what he does with with his scale with his scale models, is actually he uses very simple techniques. But what he does is it's called the layering effect. He uses them one after another. So individually they're very simple, but when, when all added together they're more than the sum of their parts. And just that video alone can take your painting to the next level and Very cool. I absolutely recommend I need to
0: find his name to stand by. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I think that kind of what we're getting at here is that you can learn a lot from free YouTube videos, free blog posts, free tutorials, but any artist who's worth their salt eventually realizes that you don't if you if you're good at something you don't give it away for free. Mm-hmm. So they need to make money, they need to support themselves as artists. And, you know, like me, I started doing commission work full-time this year. It was really important to me that I you know, be able to, I don't know, just just get it all... I don't, I don't even know how to put this. Making money is hard. And any way you can find as an artist to make money is difficult. So I, I absolutely support these guys doing all this kind of stuff. Um,
2: and okay. I, I, think, I found
1: the guy's name. His name is Rick Lawler. And yeah. what he does with his tank is amazing. And also they have a, the Abyssal Lord, Rick Lawler, and the Banshee video, which individually would cost you 70 bucks Or, I'm sorry, 75 But if you buy whatever their package is, then you can you can download whatever you want. But those
0: three in particular, I actually took away a lot from them. So, Pretty I mean, cool. you can you can
1: learn a lot just by watching videos, but ultimately you kind of have to do it yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing is that I would agree with that 100% is you can learn a lot from a tutorial, but nothing works better than trying it. Like right. the tutorial is a guide. It's like I can read how to cook, you know, tetrazzini, but it doesn't mean I can actually make the pasta. Like, I actually have to... I don't even know if tetradine is pasta. I'm just throwing out. No there as um, idea. But, you know, you have to actually do it. Like, you can't learn technique from a video. You have to you have to actually learn the technique. It can tell you the technique, and it can show you the technique, but you have to practice the technique. Um, so, yeah, definitely. All right, well, we're going to take one final break, and then we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to get some rants out of the way, and then that will be it for tonight. So hang, hang on, guys. We'll be right back. Let's be honest. You'd rather be playing than painting. Let White Metal Games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures. We have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. White Metal Games. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, guys. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Um, We've had so many different sponsor breaks this evening. Again, I'm trying to point out that if you are out there and you have a product that you want us to sell or advertise on the show, let us know. We are excited to have you join uh, the advertisers here on White Metal Games and War Council, and I'm happy to speak with you about the rates. Just email me at warcouncil at uh, All right, rants for the week. Uh, Carlips, since you are our newest, newest uh broad podcaster. Why don't you kick us off this week? you got anything that's pissing you off, you want to rant about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people are suggesting that you have hobby-exclusive products, and it's like, come on, guys, give me a break. You really want to use a $15 can of spray paint? Krylon's been in the industry for 60 fucking years! rust A hundred years! Are you telling me that there are hobby companies out there that know more about spray paint than those two companies? I mean, come on. Give me a break. And also buying a pair of clippers. You want to buy a pair of clippers from a particular company, I'm not going um, no names are gonna be used, but you can go on Amazon, you can buy a pair of Hacko clippers, H A K K O, for like seven, six dollars, and I guarantee you those will take care of your screw cutting needs for years to come. So come on guys, be smart, use Amazon, come on, let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's fired up, man. It's first time out of the gate. Yeah, look at that. I do agree that hobby clippers actually kind of are expensive, but I'm actually a little p- peculiar with my clippers. Like I, there's a co- <laughs> there's a company that's called like it's not Exacto, they're not Exacto nice but they're called like something like that, and they actually make really delicate clippers. I don't know. This is it sounds it's kind of the opposite. Not to discount. More. Carlos's <laughs> rant. No. But I am a little picky on
2: my clippers. It is a little overpriced. I've noticed, uh, I have a good feeling well, I don't have any. The GW ones, I'll, talk, I'll call <laughs> yeah. out. The GW, GW. Yeah. ones are like 15 bucks
0: a, or something. Yes. Oh, they're more, more than to that. You these clippers and yeah. it'll change your life. I do like what you're saying, though, that Krylon, those companies have been out for 50, 60, 70, 100 years. I mean, give me a fucking break. Are yeah. you serious? Like, That's a good point.
1: Privateer or Armory? For some reason, your paint is $12, and you guys yeah. have existed since the 90s? I mean, come on.
0: Folks. The only exception to that I would even even suggest is that I just really like Chaos Black by GW. I hate their white, but I love <laughs> oh, no, their the black. Event. And I don't <laughs> use it very often. I only use it for very high-end projects. Like, I have a couple cans I kick around, and I only use them on very, very high-end projects. And only when I, I, I want some. that particular one. i gotta get some.
1: Everybody's talking about
0: it. I, it's an, it's incredible. incredible. It's an incredible black. <laughs> The white is shit, but the black is really. Yeah, bad. unfortunately.
2: Um, all right, Philip, what do you got for a ramp this week? So, we've we've talked about this in the past. We have talked about liquid mask and different as product review. Um, I try to give it another go. I used uh, I can't remember. what the heck was the name? Uh, Carlos, you remembered it? What was it? You had Humrol. Uh, uh, Humrol, yes. This is so. A- Angel Gerald loves this stuff. He uses it all the time. I try to give it a try, and it. Is the most frustrating thing in the world. It did it stick to the model. It sticks to the model great, but when you go to take it off, yeah. it peels the paint off with it—not just the paint that is covering the mask, but the paint along the edges of it. So it gives this like torn, tattered look to the to the paint. Just to have sort of tried, play,
1: Have you tried a matte a matte varnish before that?
2: Over the, over the over. The, so
0: basically, like let's say you painted the model red. For sake of argument. Mm-hmm. And then you basically do a, a varnish over that and then you apply the mask. So that way when the peel comes off, it's it's attached to the varnish, not the paint. That's the idea. Uh I have not tried I don't that. know if Angel does I don't feel like I should have to do that. I don't
2: feel like I should have to do extra not, layers just to get this thing. Well to work. I guess
0: one question would be do they recommend that on the bottle? They don't. Well, they don't recommend jet well, shit. What the fuck in the hell, guys? <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it is worthless, so
0: yeah. Uh, we should. You should. Didn't you say you could emailed Angel Geraldos? We should email. Yeah, you. I should. Have. I just, should email and be like Angel. Yeah, man. What the
2: fuck? Yeah. What the hell. Why man? aren't you showing your in your pictures here?
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to actually. I can kind of on lines with that. I uh, I recently painted up this figure called Evan Wrath from Reaper, and it's a Reaper Bones figure. Which Reaper Bones are kind of meh, <laughs> like. I like the fact that I can get a Cthulhu for $30 as opposed to what it would have probably gone for. It would have never gone on pewter. But it, if it had gone in resin, it would have probably gone for $100. So I like the fact that I can get it for 30 But Reaper Bones is like this flimsy, plasticky material. And I can't help but feel like I am painting a children's toy. Every mm-hmm. time I paint one of these, I'm just like, I feel like I bought a $4 toy from a kid's toy store. And because the details are a little muted anyway... It kind of feels like that. But mm-hmm. on top of that, if that wasn't worse for wear, my biggest problem with it is is that even when I wash them after I get them to demold any of the, the leftover residues, paint still tends to flake. So I painted Evan Evanrath. I got them all primed up. I even varnished them a little bit. And then when I went to do the assembly on them, paint just started flaking off, like little bits here and there were coming off. So I had to go back in and do touch-ups. So what should have been a very simple project became very complicated. Because I think that the resin on Reaper Bones is just fucking slick like glass or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not for sure. But it yeah. drives me fucking nuts. And the only the only you know suggestion
1: what reminds me of is those, those toys you used to get when you were little kids that were from China. For it's sure. Same kind of
0: stuff. The only thing I can, I can say positively is that I've heard some people say this, is that if you used an enamel-based spray paint to prime yeah. versus an acrylic-based paint, that it tends to hang onto the model better. And that's true. But it's sticky as shit. And it creates this really sticky residue throughout the painting process, which means that it's harder to do washes, it's harder to do dry brushing. So a lot of your techniques really kind of go out the window. So you, you kind of have to make a hard choice, which I hate. So I guess one idea is you could do like a base enamel prime and then an overspray, but then you're losing detail. So it's a mess. Um, I just wish they had a different resin. I think that's my bottom line. I wish they used a different resin for pens. Um, so that's my, that's my rant for the week. <laughs> so okay well this show's gone on a little long this week but I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it we wanted to tell you about our favorite artists out there and I think we managed to sort of cover mm-hmm. the bases out there um, bottom line is if you haven't seen these artists work go to their websites check them out support them on Patreon buy their DVDs um, I've thought long and hard should I ever do like a DVD series and I've, I've often decided it's too much fucking work that's yeah. a lot of work exhausting there's a lot of work just to set this up right for sure yeah. look at this we've got this ghetto rig <laughs> Um, so just as a reminder uh, out there, if you are if you are listening to the podcast and you are a technical savvy guru, email us at uh, workouncil at com and we may be able to work out a trade or something to try to figure out how, how this works better. Um, but I guess for now, not a bad gig. So, Carlos, thank you for joining us on your first podcast. Yeah, and,
1: it was great, guys. Thank
0: great. you. Great. Awesome. Um, well, is there any sort of... we're. we're so tired i can't even think this takes us to our outro we are out of here this week thank god uh i don't really have anything else to say i think i think we covered it. is there anything on your guys mind you want to sign off with uh
2: i have one last thing Carlos um, Carlos brought this to my attention last uh week uh when he was trying to check out my work brushwork minis on facebook it's one word brushwork minis all one word um i realized it was hard for some people to find it so no apostrophe just m-i-s yeah yeah Yep, and uh, there's another Brushwork Minis out there that's separate words and other things. They're a lot more, they're actually like a full-on commission service with tons of other stuff. So well, not once, ma- you,
0: once you like the page, it shows up in your feed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, if people find the page and like it, yeah. I'll, I'll link it in our outro section. I'll link to Brushwork Minis, that way people will have no excuses. <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> anything you want to sign off with? Anything on yeah, your mind? Yeah, man, keep painting, keep believing. I like that. That's a good slogan. Keep painting, keep believing. (laughs) Pretty good. All right, well, my name is Caleb Dillon with White Metal Games. I'm Phil Corman with Brushwork Minis. And Carlos is joining us from Alaska. And until next time, put your minis where your mouth is.